0: So, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your grace and your mercy to us. We thank you for your love, your guidance, your protection, the multiple blessings that you give to each of us every day as your children, because you care, because you have a good heart, and are a loving God. And so we pray your presence here. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus, we simply invoke your presence here. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. It's a familiar section of Scripture, Ephesians 6 and verse 10, about the armor of God. Um I'm sure you've heard probably many messages uh, from this section of Scripture, how to arm ourselves. But uh, I was reading it recently and thought this, this would be helpful, I think. So it's God's inspiration through the Apostle Paul uh, as he writes it down. And then centuries later, we read it. And so it begins in verse 10. Paul is finishing the epistle, and he says, finally. Here's my final thought. Uh, He's been going on now for five and a half chapters (laughs) in this long-winded epistle. And he says, finally, brethren, I'm going to give you some relief here. This is coming to an end. Finally, he says to, to, to them that originally heard it on down through the ages in the church to us today, he says, be strong be strong in the lord and in his mighty power so he invites us to read this and respond to say yes i want to be strong in the lord i want to be mighty in his power now why would he tell us this it's it's a it's a grand invitation He's going to explain why, but he begins by telling us, I want you to be strong. I don't want you to be a victim in life. I don't want you to be a victim in your Christian journey. I want you to experience it from a position of strength, of being in God's mighty power. He says, he continues, put on the full armor of God. So in order to be strong and in mighty power, we have to arm ourselves. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Now it's interesting, the word stand comes uh, through here four different times. So with repetition comes emphasis, Take your stand against the devil's schemes. So he's identified that we can, we should be strong and mighty in power against an adversary, an enemy that we have. It's a revelation that there is a spirit being that we cannot see but that we have to deal with. The devil. The devil's schemes that here, here is our adversary, a spiritual adversary that has schemes and the implication they're designed against us. He's not scheming on our behalf. He's scheming to hurt and destroy. He has schemes, plans, strategies, ways of approaching. I uh, will be going to... Um, Uh, Oxford, England in the summer uh, to the C.S. Lewis Institute. So I've been trying to read up on all things C.S. Lewis and uh, picked out his book, The Screwtape Letters, where, uh, of course, there uh, are are one older demon giving advice to a younger demon as to how to attack, in some sense, offering schemes, plans, strategies to trip up and to hurt the children of God. So we have an adversary. We can't literally see him, but we can feel the effects of his efforts and his uh, schemes, strategies, plans. For Then he gives another revelation. He says, for our struggle, our struggle in life is not against flesh and blood. Well, I always kind of understood that it was. It was the flesh and blood people around me that seemed to be giving me all the trouble in life. It was my brother. It was my mom, my dad, the kids at school. Um, Growing up, uh, the authority figures uh, as a pastor. What used to be the congregation giving me trouble. (laughs) So it says our struggle, our fight is not with flesh and blood. Mr. Don Harvey, are you flesh and blood? My fight is not with you. Yes. (laughs) Madam, are you flesh and blood? You're not flesh and blood? Yes. yeah. Just say yes. Yes. Yes, thank you. (laughs) My fight is not with you. How many here are flesh and blood? Ah, the good news, friends and neighbors, my fight is not with you. (laughs) But oftentimes we think, it's that woman you gave me, Lord. It's that man you gave me, Lord. It's those children you gave me. It's those parents you gave me. It's the other flesh and blood that we often fight and struggle with. But here it says, that's not where our real struggle is. It's not with other people. Uh, we say sometimes, but it sure feels like it, Lord. It sure looks like it, Lord. But here the revelation is: our struggle is not with flesh and blood. So who would it be then? Well, it says, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Now, who who would that be? and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Well, we know what flesh and blood is, and now we're being introduced to spirits, beings, personalities, that we cannot visibly see, but that we do interact with, and that we have to deal with, because they have schemes, strategies. Uh, that that are against us, and they come to try to influence us. And so Paul is saying here, our real enemy are spirit beings. He says, those in this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Two categories. We have the, the earthly dark spirits. And then there are those at another level, the heavenly, in the heavenly realms. And see, he says then that since we have this conflict, this struggle, this battle between us and invisible personalities that look to hurt us, torment us, destroy us, now he says. Since that's the case, then we need to do something about it. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. The protective devices, because since we're in a conflict, and there's no option to say, well, I don't want to fight. I'm a pacifist. I don't want to fight anybody. I don't want to fight flesh and blood, and I don't want to fight spirits. I don't want to fight. That's not an option. (laughs) We're in it. So we can either learn how to fight and win, or or we can stand there and get beat up, kicked around, tormented, hurt. Well, what's it going to be? How how many times do we have to get beat up by the, the spiritual bullies before we say enough is enough? I need to exercise some of the strength and the mighty power that has come to me as a child of the king, I need to stand up and to stand firm against those spirit beings that harass and attack. He's going to be using here the metaphor of the armor of a Roman soldier, and I had read where even in their sandals, they would oftentimes put uh, little tacks or nails through the sandals, not on the side that would puncture their feet, but the other way so that when they would plant their feet, they would be firmly planted, just like what uh, football players, baseball players, you know, have their cleats. He wants us to be able to stand and not turn and run away or not fall back, but to stand and press forward against the spirit beings that harass us. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, well, it comes to us all, sooner or later, bad things happen to good people, you may be able to stand your ground that you're not cowering or intimidated by the adversary. He says, I want you to learn how to win more battles than you lose be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Then he says it again, verse 14, Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the metaphor continues. It's like we have an enemy, and he has a bow and arrow, and he is shooting fiery arrows. Arrows that on the end have some kind of pitch that's burning, and when they hit us, they, they puncture and they burn. Now, it's not in a sense literal, but it is perceived and experienced spiritually that sometimes there are ideas, impulses that come to us that seem to be a burning issue, a burning energy, that somebody would say something and we would be offended and we don't seem to be able to get past it. It goes around and around and around inside us and we build this head of steam, thinking that person, flesh and blood, is the problem, and then the enemy can manifest through us because we have an open door there. And there is a time when we need to spiritually grab hold of the fiery darts or arrows and pull them out and renounce them. In addition to... All of this, take up the shield of faith. Our defensive weapon is the belief, the confidence we have in God as our loving Father. The shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Well, this is certainly the Word of God, but God oftentimes speaks to us Ramo words as well. He says our offensive weapon is the Word of God. Now, God used his words at creation. He said, I think there should be a sun. Let there be a sun. Let there be a moon. Let there be a canopy of stars. I want them in the billions. And he spoke them into existence. Let there be light. And seeing that example, God was using his words to speak things into reality. And then Jesus comes and follows his Father's example. He says to the blind man, see to the leper be cleansed to the lame person walk he speaks the commands he uses his words and it shows us that our words have energy and power that's why there's so much in the bible about well be careful with your words because hey they're a loaded gun in some sense and we can fire and hurt people or we can use it successfully against our true enemy, spirits. So the question is, how are you doing in your struggle with spirits, with demons, if you will, with the adversary? How are you doing in your spiritual warfare that all of us are engaged in whether we want to acknowledge it or not, whether we want to do it or not, we're there. And it's a matter then of saying, well, since I have no choice about this situation, I think I'd like to learn how to win. I think I'd like to learn how to to whoop the bullies and to, uh, to not let them steal my lunch money or take my tennis shoes. I want to learn how to successfully spiritually fight the good fight. And so the bridge between the temporal and the spiritual are our words. Use them wisely. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we need to learn how to use the tongue to speak the words To have an impact in the spirit realm. The spirit realm is the air all around us. And the spirit realm is always listening. Be careful what you say. Careful what you say about yourself. In terms of negative word curses about yourself. I was eating with a person uh, last week. And I laid my phone over here. We're at Cracker Barrel. The day after Saint Patty's Day, and they still had the corned beef. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so I was enjoying the corned beef. We were getting ready to leave, and this person said, "If it was me, I would prob—I would leave that. I would forget that my phone." And I said, "I don't accept that. I don't receive that. You have a good memory. You can remember." your phone, because the person made a negative statement about themselves, I have a poor memory, I would, I would lose uh, or forget my phone, and this person has struggled at times with where is my phone, but they also believe that they, they, they always will lose it, they can't keep track of it, and so their belief plays out in their behavior. Change your belief, change the words you declare, and your behavior will follow. Uh, I have a grandson, and um, his grandmother has been telling him, you have a mind like a steel trap. You can remember anything. And has him repeat that. I have a mind like a steel trap. He's 10 years old, (laughs) and he does! He he remembers marvelous details. We think, whoa, he is smart. Must take after his grandpa. But the idea of speaking the positive into him And him receiving it is reflected in his behavior. And of course, the other side, the person that says, oh, I just forget my phone all the time. Well, if that's what you believe, it's not surprising that that's how you behave. According to your faith, be it unto you. What do you believe about yourself? What do you declare over yourself? What word curses do you speak that limit your spiritual freedom. And if you find any, I always lose my phone. Well, in Jesus' name, I reject the lie that I will always lose my phone. I speak that into the spirit realm for all the spirits, a good, bad, and any in-between, to hear that as a child of the king, I choose to have a good memory about my phone. It's a simple thing, it's a a minor thing in some sense, but it becomes major if I ever lose it. (laughs) It's a tool I like to use. So I we all want to be careful in the declarations that we make about ourselves, because we'll tend to follow what we announce. And yet we oftentimes are hesitant to use our words in a positive way that if we want to grow in kindness what if we were to say in Jesus name I choose to be more kind I call for it I call for kindness in the heavenlies uh, from heaven itself from the heart of God his heart to my heart I choose to be a more kind and gentle person I choose to be a more generous person I choose to be a person that says kind things. I call for it because I believe that's how God is. I call for it, I announce it, I speak it for all to hear. And we move in that direction. The the drift of our life goes to the positive because we're declaring it. And when the enemy comes at us in his schemes, then we know how to say no. In Jesus' name, Uh, Bishop Ron and I, a couple years back, went out to front sight gun training in Pahrump, Nevada, just out of Sin City. And uh, some of the former military, former police people gave a lecture, and they said, if somebody is coming at you in the parking lot, what you need to do is stand up and say, stop right there. You give the international stop sign and you declare it. You speak it. And we can do the same thing with errant negative thoughts and feelings and emotions. Stop right there. I have a filter and you're not allowed to come through it. Negative thoughts, worry, fear, anxiety, anger, stress. What is it that? Tries to torment us, that we take authority over and we resist it. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So it's learning how to resist that which comes against us and say, well, like Nancy Reagan says, folks, just say no, just say no. No. Well, there's a a wonderful seed of truth in that, that that we raise our awareness level of what we're thinking and what we're feeling, and we filter out the negative. We pay attention. What's what's going on inside my head? We self-monitor, and we resist that which is not of God. We say no. And... At first, it's awkward, it's unusual, it's it's new. But the more we exercise our authority, the stronger we will get. Exercise our authority. That Jesus has given you his credit card and he says, Now use it in Jesus' name. I command all anger to leave me. I command all stress to leave me. I command loneliness to leave me. Fear, anxiety, worry, doubt. Be gone. Get off. Shoe fly. Don't bother me. Go away. Holy Spirit, fill me with peace. Out with the bad, in with the good. And as simple as that sounds, if we do it, we will find the efficacy and the power in it. So that when the evil day comes, Or when we are a part of the schemes of the enemy, we'll know what to do, we'll know how to fight, we'll use our words, we'll use the authority God has given to us to resist, to fight, and yes, to win. So Lord, we thank you for your word that shows us the way. We thank you for the power and the energy that you offer to us should we choose to receive it and use it. We thank you for your confidence in us as mere human beings but made in your image and in your likeness and therefore princes and princesses. Children of the King, we thank you for Your guidance, your word and direction, and for the power and authority that you give to us and that you teach us now how to use it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.